paramedic 35 for a medical call, 1400 Richmond Parkway, across from Eugene Hyman, Kima, 605 Henry, medic 35. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Fort Bend County EMS Training Division podcast. I am your host, Lieutenant Javier Delarosa, and, and uh, joining me in the studio today, away uh, from behind the uh, soundboard and editing board, is uh, Lieutenant Corey Williams. Yep, thank you for having me. Hey, Lieutenant, thanks for joining us uh, on the on the front end of the production. I know that you're normally on the back end. You've done a ton of stuff for us on post production work, and um, so we're really glad to have you here in front of the microphone. Yep, it's different, out of the comfort zone. Oh, and good. We hope to break some comfort zones and break some. Uh, Break some of those uh, challenges that you're not used to and, mm. and throw you into the fire, so to speak. So today's episode, we're going to talk about, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We've done some some clinical practice stuff and we've done some leadership series before. Today, we're actually going to talk about education and ed- education in the EMS environment. So this is really more for our educators, but obviously for anyone that's listening, this is for our educators and the training folks out there in, in EMS and then kind of, and what we're doing is we want to look at the future uh, of EMS training. Uh, so Lieutenant Williams is really passionate about our, our simulation uh, lab here we have here at Fort Bend County, um, but also kind of what we're looking for in the future, uh, and then how what's beyond that. So Lieutenant Williams, you know, as a content expert, I really thanks for thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. So why don't you, I guess, just start uh, by explaining what we, well, how about we do this? We go back to what we had previously here at Fort Bend. What did we do before? We've got our, our sim lab now, kind of what we do now, and then we'll kind of take it into the future. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I've been with the county now going on nine years or so. And um, when I started out, the typical EMT school, paramedic school, you went to a college, you had CE twice a month. We did a lot of lectures, a lot of PowerPoint. And every now and then we do some scenario type stuff where we pull out the mannequin and, hey, this is what you have with the instructor in the room with you. And you talk about it. Well, what do I hear? What do I see? You had to get a lot of feedback from your instructor. You depended on them to give you the scenario as opposed to what we do when you're dealing with a patient. So not very realistic. So that's where, we came, that's where we're coming from. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, at the time when we look back at, at medicine, that's what we that's what we had, right? We had a mannequin and we had to get that information pulled, uh, especially in EMS, right? You think about it, we had the oral stations about the National Registry started, and you had all these what do I see? What do I hear? Like you just said. And I think we, we cheated our providers because when they got into a patient atmosphere, there was no one to turn to to ask that information. We had to gather that data ourselves. And oftentimes, if we were shortchanged in the classroom, well, then we, we had difficulty pulling that data out in, in real life. So talk about what we do here at Fort Bend County today. Yeah. So like you said, the, the in the past, kind of shortchanged is that you had a lot of not too much hands-on. It was all verbal discussion. And then you got on scene and our folks didn't know what to do. So what we're doing now and what a lot of the industry is doing now is the high fidelity mannequins, right? That they give you that real tactile feedback, um, taking the instructor out of the classroom. So what we do here is when we do scenarios, we're on a whole different side of the wall. So when the provider comes in and they're doing a scenario, it's them, the mannequin, Maybe a partner and the partner's in on it called a, a simulated user or a sim patient, what have you. Um, and that person has any information like the medical history, things like that, that the mannequin can't give the provider. Right. But you have to put your hands on the on the patient. You have to listen to lung sounds. You have to put them on the monitor. And that changes the whole dynamic 
of the training because now you have to start the IV on the on, on the mannequin, right? Versus, yeah, I started an IV. Yep, we'll call it good and move on verbally. Yeah, and we're we're really fortunate that our our mannequin allows us the ability to actually not even have we could the mannequin tech can talk to you right. We've got a Bluetooth uh, microphone and speaker inside of him, so you could actually communicate back and forth with a, uh, someone that's not in the room. I think we're really fortunate that because that's that's how we start to teach our providers how to pull out that data, how to ask medical history and ask those pertinent questions. Because yep. then we come back after the scenario and say, hey, had you asked this patient this question, uh, you'd have got a, a key data piece and then been able to maybe treat better. Absolutely. Yeah. Because just to your point, um, getting the provider to talk to the mannequin like you would a patient, as opposed to turning and looking for someone for direction. And that's a key mindset change. That's a whole different thing because some colleges and programs are trying to implement this slowly, but we're trying to, we're all in. So depending on where you're bringing your paramedic from, you haven't been in school for 10, 20 years. It's different. So it's a whole mindset change. We tell our guys, you're playing pretend. And it is pretend, and as much as the man can do, we can give you feedback. We can get your CPR quality. We can get uh, practice on taking blood pressures, all those things, and innovations and surgical crikes and all the great things you can do. But if you're not buying in as the student into what you're doing, that could become a little frustrating and it makes it a little hard, but it's a mindset change, right? We're trying to give you the most realistic experience so that you have a uh, a cash for when you are out in the field with that with that patient. And and I think one thing we would be remiss if we didn't mention how incredibly fortunate we are here at Fort Payne County um, that we have an administration that has invested uh, a substantial amount of money, right? Because mm-hmm. this is not a cheap system, uh, and and we know listening, you know, some of the other providers that they may be listening out there don't have aren't as fortunate to get the 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 capital funding that we've had to support our education so i i think we would be remiss to say that uh, we're not incredibly fortunate to have mm-hmm. these these tools here at fort ben and and, and there are other systems out there that aren't maybe uh, as sophisticated and that's where educators like you and i have to get creative right we've talked about yeah. you know we came from other services that we had to get a little bit more creative and we've talked about all kinds of things from using actors right even uh you know theater actors or something like that to play patients or whatever you have to do to get creative, but that's where we as educators have to step outside the box when we don't have these these kinds of resources. Absolutely. So one of the things that we're talking about now is what does this look like in the future, right? Because this is great, um, but even even now we recognize in 2021, even it's still a little sterile, right? Yeah. Our providers know they're in a sim lab. They know they're dealing with a mannequin. They know that well, it's it's not the same as it being in someone's house or being on the side of the road at 3 a.m. or all the atmospheric uh, factors that play into that, there's, there's, there's more. Absolutely. So how do we take that, our training, to the next level to make this even more realistic? So with the realistic and the realism, um, there's a lot of things. So right now that they're pushing VR as an option. That's right? virtual reality, right? Virtual reality. So th- there's some benefits to it. So virtual reality takes your provider and it's really good when you're trying to look at how they think as a clinician, right? Working through the, prog- the problem, the diagnosis and what's going on with their, their patient. Because um, it takes your provider, puts them in a digital space and now they're in the room, like you said. They have a team around them. And it's great if you're trying to work, get them to work through problem solving and working through the process. The drawback is there's no tactile piece, right? I'm going to start an IV. It gives you back to the old school of everything's verbal. 
So yeah, you can work through it. You know what to do, but you're losing out on that actually starting the IV, actually giving the medication, drawing it up and seeing how that feels. And so I, and, and I am, I'm a little naive when it comes to these newer technologies, but virtual reality is like you just said, you basically have a headset on, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're, 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 what you see is yourself or what would be perceived as your vision into a virtual space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I think there's some limitations there, but maybe, maybe that's an upgraded step. Um, you know, video games are really starting to take off in this space as well. And I think, um, EMS training will probably follow suit. Actually, they already have, right? Yep. Yeah. There's, there's players there's, in the market today that are correct. doing this. Correct. Um, and, and so there's, there is, this is already out there. We, we kind of looked at a couple of them. We, we've tossed the idea back and forth about, is this where we take our training? Um, and then, but I think there's, there's more, right? So, um, I was recently reading, and, and this is how we started on this topic. We started reading about what is VR versus AR versus XR? And then I'm like, yep. I, I'm outside my comfort zone. Let me let, let me bring in Lieutenant Williams. So if you want to talk to us about that, man, the, the floor is all yours. All right. So like you said, you got VR, your virtual reality space. Like I said, that's taking your provider and putting them into a digital arena. And a lot of things are still, like I said, verbal. And some of these VR headsets, right? You have a headset or your phone that goes into a, a chamber and you're using that. And you're either using a uh, your hands, right? It has your cameras and it recognizes your hand gestures, voice commands, or controller. But again, it's not the same tactile feel. And uh, you mentioned AR, your augmented reality. So now you're taking that digital object like uh, your sim patient and you're putting them in a real world environment, but even still you're verbal, verbalizing, but you can see in a real space. And that stuff's great for how does this work in this room? Or I realized that, hey, my patient's head through is through the wall or the back of the unit. So that probably wasn't the best way to do it, um, which there's a lot of people working in that space right now with the, the Microsoft, Microsoft HoloLens, right? That's a that's a big one right now. And what is that doing? Like, I've, what, what, I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with that. So the HoloLens is a... Uh, headset you put it on it gives you a field of view almost like your uh, tv right so you can operate with everything within this field of view so you put the patient in the field of view you give them options things like that and it's very similar to how we run simulation now you still have somebody running the scenario um, but you can see uh, cyanosis you can see bruising you can see bleeding and and getting that back Um, but they recently uh, Microsoft released their HoloLens 2, and it's in a lot of development. And again, the military, like you said, and and medical professionals are really getting into this. Surgeons use it to see the uh, their patient, like they're working on uh, brain surgery or something like that. They can use images of their real-life patient and problem-solve that surgery before they go in and they do the operation, things like that. But you're still working with a digital image and you're manipulating that where we need to go and where the the training and this technology is going you have mixed reality which is a blending of the two right so now you have is that is that xr no that's a that's a that's blending something completely different so that's another thing yeah okay so this is called mixed reality so mixed reality takes uh your augmented reality and you overlay that on physical objects so now I say, this is my digital space, and that picture gets put on a mannequin. 
So now I have my stethoscope and I'm actually touching a mannequin or a person and you're interacting with them, but there's an image overlaid with them. So I'm going to start IV. I actually have to pick up the IV. The uh, digital space recognizes that I have the IV and that's the intervention I'm doing. So you get a little bit of feedback that way. Are, do you, are you aware of any, any, uh, anybody in that market space yet? There's a few. Uh, we actually looked at one, um, uh, Med, Medscape, I believe is what it's called. Um, so these guys, that's where they're going. Right now they're working with the HoloLens 2, and they're, they're, they got like a six-month to a year roadmap of where they're going to be and overlaying that digital image over a mannequin or a dummy or a person or whatever. So that you get that feedback, that tactile feedback, as opposed to just moving your hands around and it recognizing you moving in that space. So what you were talking about, the extended reality is the blending of all of that. So now you got something like the Google HoloLens, which is a smaller device. It's not a huge headset or uh, Amazon's come out with their digital glasses. And there's plenty of people. It's smaller, right? So it's a smaller device, works like your sunglasses or your prescription glasses would. And now you're interacting in the space. And it's next level. You know, it's a blending of the virtual, the augmented, and the mixed. So now when I pick up uh, the monitor, the glasses will detect that, hey, that's a cardiac monitor. These are, it's a Zoll cardiac, cardiac monitor, and this is what it can do. And it's going to record your interaction with the monitor. So, or I pick up a uh, video laryngoscope, right? So I'm not using... They pick up a McGrath. So I got a McGrath versus an AirTrack versus a King Vision, and it recognizes that that's the object you picked up, and it's going to give you that feedback. So as a uh, sim tech or an educator on the back end, I can look and see during the scenario what you chose, why you chose it, and give you that feedback on it in real time We're, without having to put something big, heavy, and bulky on your head. And I think that's that's incredible. I think there's a lot of things we, we could we could probably spend hours and hours talking about this, right? Because then the first thing I think about is that that's a lot of data, right? Where are we storing that data? Mm -hmm. uh, and then you talk about, well, we're probably not going to store that locally. That's usually a cloud-based system on some farm in Ohio, mm -hmm. and we got to pay for that. And I'm sure those all of those things aren't cheap. So it, it starts to add up. And then, like I said, we could talk about all kinds of stuff moving forward. Where do you see where do you see EMS training? I'll I'll map it. Let's say in five industry wide, five years, ten years, and in twenty years, probably at twenty years towards the end of our careers. Where do you see where do you see EMS training as compared to where it is now? So absolutely, in, in a five year span, the mixed reality is going to be a big thing because they're already working on that. You, do you think that's industry wide though, or do you I, think that's because I I don't want you to focus on Fort Bend right now. I want you to take a big picture. Is this something that? Our across EMS across the United States, we'll, we'll leave it in, in the continental United States or all the United States across the United States. Do you think that's going to be where the standard is in five years? Absolutely. In a educational standpoint, so you're looking at paramedic programs associated with colleges where they have different funds. Okay. So you're in those simulas because colleges have them now. A lot of the nursing programs are all into this. EMS is new to that. You know, you have, uh, the simulation user network that Laridol does. EMS is a small player, but we're getting in. You know, nurses have been doing this for years. Um, and so as that technology grows, that'll be the first thing that's accessible to us. In the in the educational realm, right? Correct. Not necessarily embedded in the EMS agencies. Correct. So five years, I'd say you look at the EMS programs you're in, that stuff will be coming. Because it's already 
there, right? They're, they're years in. You know, we looked at um, the HoloLens technology five years ago, and now they're, that was just them working in an AR space with no, no feedback. Now they're getting into feedback and everything else. So 10 years from now, as that stuff matures and they're moving into the XR and the technology grows, you'll probably start seeing a lot of that stuff come towards uh, agencies. You think I, I think what it'll probably be is number one is the technology there is it sufficient enough to say that we're willing to invest in it right and then number one the second really part of that is is it affordable correct and and that's that's the limitation on a lot of us agencies right depending on how your agency works is the cost that's what it comes down to so twenty years we're we're you and I are about to retire and they're they're pushing us around whatever building in a wheelchair <laughs> what does training look like then twenty years everything's mature at that point because they're saying the XR technology is 10 years out to being 5G and mobile. So 20 years from now, we'll be there because it'll be affordable. Right now, all that stuff, like the if you were to get the HoloLens, it's like three, four $4,000 just for the device, not including software, maintenance, warranties, all that stuff. And that's for one, right? So 20 years from now, when that stuff is affordable and you've looked at the technology growing, it'll be in the field because it'll be, it saves, uh, Manpower, right? Right now, you bring somebody in for CE, you have to have educators, right? There's a student to instructor ratio, right? There's overtime and all these things. If I can take a uh, your training department, if that's one person, and say, get in a truck and go to do training with these people, and all I got to do is carry a uh, uh, XR glasses, they put it on, and they can run a whole scenario like a whole team was there, but it's just them. I can get a lot of training done. And you put that at the station, right? And then you can even, you can probably switch back, throw that back and say, oh, well, this is a cost saving uh, thing too, right? Because yeah, on the front end, we'll invest a lot in this device, but now we're saving manpower hours. We're, we're doing all these things. I think you, there's, there's some value in the trade off there. Yep. So, and, and this was a, a relatively short episode. Again, we're talking about stuff that, that we're, I know VR, XR, um, MR, I think you, yeah. you mentioned uh, whatever they are. I, I think all these things are probably a few years down the road, but we're kind of what we're looking ahead to and what training and simulations looks like, high fidelity simulations labs. I, we're Like I said, again, we're super fortunate. We've got some really, really bang up technology here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, our sim mannequin is, is, does a, a number of things each day that I, you know, we, we played with it or, or run scenarios. I, I get, um, I'm an amazed, I'm amazed about how much we can data we can capture from him. I think one day uh, Lieutenant Williams was like, "Oh, look, you can see that how much tidal volume we're delivering in, in a ventilation." And I'm like, "That's that's crazy to me." Um, so I'm glad to see that here at Fort Penn we're really fortunate. Uh, and, and other organizations, like I said, you're just going to have to get creative with your training. Mm-hmm. Now, feel free to reach out to us. Our, our website and email address is listed at the bottom of this page. We're also going to link all the um, uh, links and, and companies that uh, Lieutenant Williams th- mentioned throughout our podcast. I think Medscape was one, Laridol was another, and then maybe some of the AR VR things that we talked about. Lieutenant Williams, any uh, any closing thoughts on education, training, highest fidelity sims, virtual reality? Uh, what... I'm I'm excited for, like I said, when we get our stuff. And again, all of the the different uh, manufacturers of the the mannequins and the sim training, they all are buying into this. You know, it's just a matter of where they are in the race and. We need to keep up and just keep an eye on it. You know, you can be an early adopter. And if you have the funds to do that, that's great because you can kind of steer where this is going. But um, 
as it comes down, man, I'm, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to have that type of stuff. Well, I think we're, we're here for it, Ben. I think that's something we've definitely kept our eye on over the last maybe year or two. We've been watching very closely uh, and something we're, we're, we're all excited about. Uh, so we're going to wrap this episode up. Um, so the, one of the uh, one of the things that this is uh, we wanted to talk about and, and close this uh, podcast up with is uh, we're actually transitioning this podcast. So uh, this will be my last episode as the host uh, moving forward. Lieutenant Williams, you're going to be the host of this podcast. Yep. Uh, how do you feel about that? Those are some big shoes, man. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, you know, it'll be different. Yeah, and I'm excited to to continue to listen. Um, you know, my my career pathway and journeys are taking me in a different direction now. But this is something that I'm, I've been passionate about, and you know, we talked about that when I got here to Fort Bend County. That this was something that we really wanted to do, and I hope that that we we laid a solid foundation for you guys to continue and grow this program and and get information out in a digestible fashion. Absolutely, it's it's almost like it was a baby. Two years ago, when we sat in a room and just started playing with the the audacity or Odyssey or whatever it's called, and yeah. seeing how that works. And now we have a teething toddler uh, yeah. in, in a podcast. So yeah. uh, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, we're going to bring Lieutenant Williams from behind the, behind the si- soundboard and into the microphone, and uh, he's going to be your host moving forward. So it's been a real pleasure. Uh, like I said, our email address is going to be located at the bottom of this podcast in the notes. Uh, shoot us an email. And uh, we'll be happy to chat about whatever you want. If you got topics that you want us to t- discuss, we'll be happy to listen. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Fort Bend County EMS Training Division podcast. Fort Bend County EMS is providing this podcast as a public service and or for educational purposes, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of Fort Bend County EMS policy. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by Fort Bend County EMS. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by Fort Bend County EMS employees are those of employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of Fort Bend County EMS or any of its command staff. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our chief of EMS via his administrative assistant or email us at clinical.division.ems at fortbendcountytx.gov.